Hey baby, can we check some ID? If you're under 18, feel free to keep listening. But remember, baby pink gin should never be consumed by anybody under the legal drinking age. Remember to always drink wise. What are the real stories behind successful female-run businesses? Not the ones that started with huge social media accounts, high public profiles or tons of cash. The businesses that actually started from scratch. Sit down as we spill the G&T. Hi everyone and welcome to the Spill the G&T podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Weigel, and I'm also the founder and director of Baby Pink Gin. In today's episode, I was lucky enough to sit down with Kelly Brown. She's the owner of The Petal Provador, a florist and Melbourne-based stockist of Baby Pink Gin. While Kelly spends most of her days creating beautiful flower arrangements, it hasn't always been sunshine and daisies. Kelly shares with us how the challenges of an earlier job led her to make a pivotal career change and pursue the business dream she always had. But her journey wasn't short of risk-taking, so I hope you take inspiration from her story and enjoy this interview. So, here's Kelly. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ellen. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Now, after a long, hard day's work, what is your favourite drink? It's gin, of course. <laughs> you don't have to answer that it's baby gin, although we are drinking one right now, of we course. Are. Cheers. Thank you Cheers. for that. Cheers. <laughs> Look, I am a wine drinker, mm-hmm. mostly. That is my daily drink, but also gin is probably a daily drink too. So I often start off with a gin and yep. then move on to a wine, So especially in the summer. Yeah, mm. I love that. Mm. It's definitely a summer drink. I'm right now here in a very hot room, so I we know. need our baby pink G&Ts. Lucky we have our beautiful gin. So I just thought we would talk about firstly how we cross paths, just yeah. to give people a little bit of a background of how we know each other. Um, the Spill the G&T podcast basically interviews friends of the brand, friends of Babe Pink Gin and people mm. that kind of work directly and indirectly with Babe Pink Gin and are part of our journey over the yeah. past few years. So how do you remember us first coming across each other? <laughs> well, I think I stalked you because I had bought some of your gin in Dan Murphy's and I can't remember which Dan Murphy's. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to say Dan Murphy's. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course we love Dan Murphy's. <laughs> and I thought, well, look at that. And so I Googled you and then I found you on Instagram and I went, oh my goodness, she's a local girl. And then I just, yeah, I followed you on Instagram. I messaged you through Instagram. I said, I'd really like to stock your gin. Yes, mm. yes. I saw um, when I looked on your Instagram and it said you were in my, our local area mm. of Q. Mm. Um, I thought, well, we definitely have mm-hmm. to meet. Usually when people reach out for wholesale, um, you know, I'll, I'll send them some samples in mm. the mail and send them the pro- like the price list. And I'm like, we are so close. Like, we just have to meet. We just met and had coffee. Yeah. Yes. And it was like, all right, and done. Yeah. I know. And we just like got along <laughs> and I just thought that your whole story, your career was so interesting and it's probably not something that you would tell through your business, like through your no. Instagram or website or anything like that. Mm. But I thought it was a perfect one when I was thinking about who I wanted to interview for this podcast because I think 
you are a huge. Well, you once people hear your story, you'll be a real inspiration to a lot of women, and um, they'll soon find out why. <laughs> but I wanted you to take us back to the beginning of your career. So, what were you doing at the start of your kind of working life, and how would you describe yourself as an individual back then? So I'm a bit older. So my working life began. 30-odd years ago, mm-hmm. um, and I was a disability support worker. So I, in Year 12, when I did Year 12, um, it was HSC back then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I thought, well, I either want to work with people with a disability or I want to be a florist. And I just applied to university and got in, and so I just went down the disability services route which I don't regret. I loved it. Um, but it didn't address that creative streak that I had within me. So yeah. I always loved playing with flowers. And mm. people love to say playing with flowers. So I, I tend to have I've picked that up as well. But I always <laughs> loved it. I always picked flowers from people's gardens. I always bought flowers from florists. I always had flowers in the home. Um, and I just... that's that. That love of flowers has always been there. But I worked in disability services for 24, 25 years, something like that. Um, I worked in residential care. I worked in day services. I did a variety of, um, you know, direct care through to management roles, just everything. And I, I really loved it and I met some amazing people. I can see where you would be conflicted because I think you have the wants and needs of many women in terms of having that really creative side but also having that really caring side and I think a lot of us really enjoy, you know, feeling like we're helping people and that kind of charitable side of us but that doesn't always allow for our creative side to come out so I can definitely see how that would be. And I began my career just as deinstitutionalisation was coming in so I mean you're from Kew you know about Kew Cottages. Kew Cottages (laughs) is a residential facility in in Melbourne in Kew. It's quite historic. It's been there for a very long time but it was an institution so people with an intellectual disability lived there. Um, They're away from their families, away from their you know their their homes. Some people had been there since birth. Um, so anyway, deinstitutionalised came. Deinstitutionalisation <laughs> came in in the late eighties, and so um, the institution was shut down, and people were moved into community residential units, homes within the community. So just ordinary homes uh, with four or five people living in them, instead of you know a unit with. Oh, I think there used to be about twenty people to a unit. Um, so. I did that, and I was working in the community facilities, not in the institutional facilities. Mm-hmm. So there was that. So that was a huge shift, um, and I really enjoyed that. And then as I was getting out of it, the other end was now that the NDIS was coming in, so I left the industry as that was starting. So I, I did a whole chunk in, in the middle. middle. So, yeah, it was, it was interesting, but I'm, I'm glad I left when I did. Yeah, and do you want to talk about why that is? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I had an issue with somebody who I worked with who happened to be um, my direct line manager um, and I didn't like the way they were treating some of the the people that I was in day services at that time and I didn't like the way this particular person was treating some of uh, the people in our care and I did lodge a complaint and it went nowhere which was very, very disheartening to say the very least and I decided that <laughs> and I, I feel like a like I 
jumped ship and I abandoned everybody. But I honestly just thought, I can't do this anymore. I just, I have given this job my absolute all for 25 years and I, I, I was very upset that at the end of the day we hadn't really come that far, that, you know, these people who needed somebody to have a voice for them, when somebody spoke up for them, it was just ignored. So and, that, and you tried your hardest I and did. sometimes you just have to mm. realise that it's going to take more than just yeah. you and yeah. you've done and what you can. And it wasn't an overnight decision. It was something that I, you know, I sweated on and it was... And, my husband said to me one day, you can't just keep crying every single day. You yeah. can't come home from work every single day in tears. Like, this is no good for you anymore. It feels like there, there's no way out for whatever reason. Um, you've been trained in that industry. Mm. That's all you knew at that time. Yeah, and sure. you had been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you stood your ground and just thought, I can't, mm. I can't do it anymore. I was that I was your typical burnt out. Like that was that was just me to a T. When you came to the crossroads of leaving your old your old job mm. and starting your new business, what was at the forefront of your mind? I was nervous. Mm. Yeah. I was really nervous. I was worried that it wouldn't work. I think that and that I would let myself down. That was my biggest fear. That I would have wasted everybody's time and and that would and, and, and my own time and that I would yeah, let myself down. And yeah. How did you land on the Pedal Providor, your current business? Well, I didn't know what I was going to do. When I left, I, um, I didn't do anything for four whole weeks and I had thought, oh, that'll be good, I'll have four weeks off and I'll just, you know, think and, and I'll catch up on, you know, life admin and And all you're that. a mum at this stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, you know, all. four weeks isn't that long. <laughs> no, it's not, but it, it's, it's funny. I thought four weeks was going to be a really long time and it was so long. At the end of week <laughs> one, I thought, oh, my goodness, what am I doing? I shouldn't have done this. And I said to my husband, well, I have to do something. I can't just sit around being a housewife. This is not me. Um, I don't know what to do. And and he said, well, you always wanted to be a florist. Why don't you pursue that? And I was in my early 40s at the time. And I just said, oh, I can't do that. You know, I'm I'm in my 40s. I'm not going to be an apprentice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to be an apprentice. I'm not going to have some, you know, somebody tell me what to do. Um, and he said, all right, whatever. Um, and then I thought about it for a few more weeks and thought, actually, I do really like that idea. Yeah. And so I did some really basic research. So I went on Google and I looked up, you know, what I would need to do to become a florist if is an apprenticeship my only option, and it wasn't. Um, and then I went around to a whole bunch of florist shops and spoke to people who worked there from the young girl, you know, who was behind the counter to the store owners mm-hmm. to, yeah, and I thought, okay, so I, I got a bit of insight there. Um and then I looked into how I could get started. Yeah. So I had no idea at all what I was doing. And none of us do <laughs> at a certain stage. And I think that's what mm. that's what people have to realise mm. if they have a dream. And I think mm. we, we all have been at that stage where you just go, I literally don't 
even know where to start. That was me. I didn't know where to start, so I decided the best thing to do was to just start. start. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I just started, but I thought, well, you know what, I'll just go to... So I went to TAFE, good old Box Hill TAFE, and I did a certificate three in floristry. I was the oldest person there. Oh, no, there was one other girl there. And that was, was that age. required? It It is and it isn't. So it is the... You can do an apprenticeship, but when you do your apprenticeship, you still have to attend trade school, which is what I did. And rather than... Because it was a full-time course for a whole year. But it was a better option for me while I was still working out what to do. And I thought... I did. I knew I didn't want to go and work for somebody else. I didn't want to. I didn't want to have a boss anymore. Mm. I wanted to be. I wanted to be the boss, and I wanted to be answerable to myself and mm-hmm. myself only. I thought the only way that's going to happen is if I go and learn what to do on my own, rather than have somebody else show me. You can't always learn everything yourself, and no. you know you'll be a better boss to yourself. Yeah, because the the certificate three taught me not just how to create different things with the flowers it does you know it does retail 101 basically yes. so how to price things how to um you know talk about gst and incorporating that and and how to to work out your your, your time and and a, yeah it, it teaches a lot of things a lot of it was as boring as yeah that's you know but i was just going to ask how you prepare yourself for that formal side of business management and stuff and it sounds like the tafe kind of covered that because although you obviously have a natural ability to design flowers but there's a whole other side of mm. of the business that <laughs> you would have you would have never done before. Oh, yeah. And we all kind of have to learn that on the go. So how did you prepare yourself for that? Wow. Um, I didn't very well. So other than what I learned at TAFE, I, di- I didn't. I never put together a business plan. I just had an idea and I went for it. So I, I looked into... Look, my, my biggest research tool was Google uh, yeah. and, and a little bit of footwork as well. And I just looked at what people were doing, how, how I, I looked at how other people were doing it mm. and what they were doing and um, made adaptations to suit myself and what I wanted to do and what I thought would work. And then when it comes to the business side of things, I learned a lot of that along the way. Yeah. So I um, had... To start with, like my invoicing was just, I was on a Word document that mm. I was sending out <laughs> and then I got into Zero, and so I, I yeah went along and I learned how to do the Zero, and so now I can do my invoicing and all that. And with my website, I had somebody do it all for me, um, but then I wanted to learn how to do it myself. So. Yeah. But to start with, every time I wanted to add a new product, put something on sale, uh, do any, I had to contact somebody and say, can you change this for me, can you change And then I had to wait and I hated that. So mm-hmm. uh, I found somebody... Oh, the person who was doing my website would do little videos for me and say, this is how you do it yourself. So That's great. Yeah, she was great. So, I, yeah, I just I, I learned how to do everything along the way. What I was wondering, just in your specific industry, talk me through how you learnt about managing inventory because I find it really interesting that you work with fresh produce. Yeah. Um, obviously, my gin, you know, we get it made and it essentially doesn't have an expiry date. Mm. It, it will It'll be good for, like, Two decades. (laughs) But when you're working with fresh food, but especially flowers, as we all know, not all of them last a long time, I've always wondered um, what the process is, buying them and knowing how many to to buy and how long they're going to last. So talk me through that. Well, 
There's no easy way around it. It would be such an easy industry if I could just stock up and spend, you know, as much as I wanted to and have an endless yeah. supply. But as you said, that's not how it works. And same with fresh food, you know, you just can't do it. So I know roughly what I'm going to need from day to day and that has just come over time. So I have I have a rough idea of, of what I'm going to need. It may blow out one way or another. Most people order same day, so that is difficult. So they'll place the order that morning and they expect it delivered that day. Yeah, so that is difficult to manage. But I have... The things that I offer on my website and, and in general can be sort of interchanged. So I have something that's soft and pastely, something that's native, something that's white and green, and then... Um, and I also just have like a florist's choice thing, so which yes. means you just get what you're given. So yep. you just leave it up to me. So the the a lot of the things can be used for each other. I can use some of the white in the soft pastel things. I can use some of the, the pinks and whites in with the native bunch mm-hmm. if I have to. And so I, I just get enough that will last for two days. So market days are which the flower market days are Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays. So that's when all the flowers come from the farms and what have you to the, the fresh flower market mm-hmm. in Epping. I use a wholesaler out in Footscray because I don't want to drive to Epping. Um, <laughs> but that's when the, that's where all the fresh stock comes from on those two days of the week. So I get fresh flowers on Tuesdays and I get fresh flowers on Thursdays. I can also go to the wholesaler in between and get little extra bits and pieces if I need right. them. Um, but that's the only way it can happen. So I have to get, I just have to get them constantly. Sometimes I'm at the wholesaler every single day because I've run out of this or run out of that. And so it's back and forth, back and forth. How early are you going to the markets? I remember you told me it was very early. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good people go to Epping and they would go around 4am. I put in an order with my wholesaler and I get there about 9am. So I show up and it's there sitting for me. (laughs) Yeah, you you worked out what works for you and I I would definitely do the same. I can grab extra things if I need it and then off I go home. So, But if I've got an, an especially busy day, I might get there earlier. Um, like Mother's Day, I'm there at 4am because mm. that's just, well, you know, it's the Saturday before Mother's Day because it's just too much to do. It's somewhat similar to what I do in terms of not having full-time staff but having really great contractors and people that mm. you work with that really make your business run without having them as employees. Mm. Something that I assume would help you manage inventory much easier is your new subscription model. So how did you set that up and what has the success been like? Yeah, so I have two different subscription type things. I have um, a, a flower club, which is just once a quarter. So people in my flower club just get a delivery and they get what they're given. Mm-hmm. It's seasonal, it's fresh, it's whatever's the best at that in that week. So that is, I've only only started that. I've only had two of those, but so yeah. it's going well, but it's still, it's only a small percentage. The subscription is even smaller. So that is people who, they usually buy it as a gift mm-hmm. for somebody else. So they, they, for a birthday or for Christmas or just because a lot of people with, um, like an ageing parent or an unwell friend, they'll go, oh, let's... Uh, Regular flowers for this person. Yes, yeah. okay. And they can choose weekly, fortnightly, monthly for three, you know, one month to six months, whatever they mm. want. So that doesn't have as many takers as you might think. So mm. it, it's it's a small 
I would say about 5%. It's interesting to mm. me that people are doing that as gifts because, I mean, I'm selfish, but I would do that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would want fresh flowers in mm. my house all the time. So it's interesting mm. to me that people aren't just getting others um, one bunch of flowers, yeah. but they're getting them for, you know, fresh flowers for a number of months or yeah. weeks. Yeah. Well, I like it because I know exactly what's coming up. So for me, it makes my life easy. So mm. I'll know that I'll, next week I've got so-and-so, they get this. And, and, I, and usually when people have had it for a while, I've got one customer who's had, um, who gives, uh, who gave a subscription to her mum and has just kept it kept it going for the last three four years wow so, yeah so that's great they're almost like family to me now i'm there so <laughs> often so oh, how is she today <laughs> pedal provador is currently online based mm. i know you run it from home in queue have you ever thought about opening a physical store and what's the rationale between you know yes or no is that yeah. in, the, in the pipeline it's funny that you ask this question because i am i just signed the papers yesterday Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah. I had no idea! Yeah. No, no, it happened quite quickly. I have been looking in the background, you know, behind the scenes, trying to find somewhere. But I've been very conscious that I don't want it to be like a shop. It's not a, a shop front. Okay. I, I want to keep the online studio-based setup. Um, so I didn't want to have to pay a premium price for, you know... Chapel Street or yes. anything like that. I just wanted, I, I, I almost, I needed the back of something. It's more of an office space or yeah. a mini warehouse and somewhere sure. to just base it out mm. of, yeah. So I found somewhere just last week and so it's in um, Paran, the rear of another store in Paran, High Street Paran and it'll, yeah, everything, everything's happening on Friday, everything's moving over so I'm in the process at the minute of ah, organising Removalists to take my fridge over, and I need a plumber to plumb in a sink. And yeah, yeah, things. That's so exciting, and yeah. it'll just change your whole work-life balance. I mean, I yeah. was just telling you before we recorded and showing you my new space here mm. in Collingwood, and having come out of lockdown and running most of the business from from my place mm. in Kew, it's just so nice to have somewhere to go. Mm. And I wanted to keep it so that it was so it's only a small space. It's going to it's still it's open opens out onto the street so I'll still be able to get some walk through walk by what do cool. you call that you know yeah, well, yeah uh, foot traffic foot traffic yeah that kind of thing <laughs> um, but I will I will limit that to only a couple of days a week a couple of days a week yeah. I'll work out once I moved in and I'm settled I'll decide which days a week I'll be open to the public but it will be only a couple for a sort of short you know space of time and the rest of it will just be online because if lockdown and COVID taught us nothing it taught us <laughs> that yeah Bricks and mortar storefront isn't the be all and end all. No, I, I like the flexibility of not being held accountable to nine to five, Monday to Friday store opening. You know, having to somebody ha- having somebody have to man that constantly because I don't have any staff. I'm just a one woman show. So yeah, I want to just be able to still come and go as I please. And that that's one of yeah. the best things about working for yourself, mm. especially I can imagine as a mum. Mm. You know, you you need to do other things in your day and sometimes, I mean, for me, I go and get my nails done in the middle of the day, but you might do more important things. But it's nice to be able to do that and not yeah. have to man a, a shop front. I totally get yeah. that. Yeah, so I thought, well, I, I can still open for a few days a week. But everything, and having that divide between home and work is going to be good as well because it's mm. difficult to, especially when we're very conscientious little beings, to um, 
to not just keep working until yes. dinner time. You yeah. Know? And I would, I still do it now. I, I just, I'm out in the garage, I'm working at 7.30, I think, oh God, I better go in. And But I wanted it to be in a good area as well where I could get some foot traffic yeah. if I needed to and, and that it's easy for people to, to get to. So it's got, you know, people can park out the front, they can run in, they can pick up from me if they want. Yeah, and, it's great to yeah. have the option. Mm. Um, I have a lot of people reaching out to me thinking that our office space in Collingwood is, is a shop and asking if they can come by. Yeah. And I was like, no. no, but, you know, at least I can go down the road to Dan Murphy's. And since we have been in store, it's so nice to be able to say to people, I mean, you guys do the same day service mm. anyway, but just if people do need, and it's very similar, usually for both of our products, it's it's gifts mm. that people, last minute mm. gifts that people need. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's nice at least for people to be able to do that yeah. and to plan, they'll plan around your yeah. hours. Well, your gift, uh, the gift hamper that I use, your gin in, is one of my most popular. So, oh, that's really yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah, we probably should have mentioned that at the start. Yeah, <laughs> there is actually a gift hamper yeah, with, with your gin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So people love it. And, and I also, because I do a custom gift hamper too, where people choose whatever they want to put in it. Mm. So the one I have with yours has just got the gin, some lemons and some flowers. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, but people are always putting it in other gift hampers too. So they'll choose all kinds of things. Oh, that's so nice. And it'll so go nice. the bottle of gin. And we do the big bottles as well, whereas a lot of hamper companies just use the little exactly. bottles. We've got the big ones. And they're equally as popular. So. I think uh, that's really good to know because mm. I think other than our own gift boxes, um, you're certainly the only florist that has the big bottles. The large bottles, Which yeah. I love because, you know, our small bottles are great, but... They are um, a kind of set shape. They're a generic bottle shape, mm. and really, you get the full experience of how beautiful baby looks with yeah, the with bigger the big bottles. Ones. And mm. it is a big commitment and a big gift. But you know, sometimes people, people deserve a big gift. <laughs> that's right. People do it, and that's actually one thing I have learned along the way. And my husband has been one to shove it down my throat. Is that don't you decide what people will and won't mm. spend money on. Don't, you don't know what people can afford and what they can't. Don't think, oh, that's going to be, a, you know, too expensive for people. You don't know. You don't know. That's oh, so true. I, I guess I don't know. I if shouldn't. people want it, they'll, mm. they'll pay for it. That's right. <laughs> so I know when I started, I thought, well, I'll just get a few of those and a few of those. But it's I've been selling them just, yeah, the big bottles just as much as the little bottles. So That's so nice. Yeah. yeah, and again, like with just kind of the subconscious manifesting when you as soon as you start buying more stock that stock sells Mm -hmm. and I find that it's just a weird universe Mm -hmm. thing where like I'll sell as much as I buy and if I only have a little bit or I'm not really focusing too much that day or that week on the Mm -hmm. business we'll get hardly any sales and then as soon as I start doing things aren't even directly shouldn't even directly impact sales Mm. um you know it's not like I'm turning on more ads or doing anything like that I might um you know, I might be just doing some business planning and all of a sudden, mm. you know, orders start flooding in and it's like yeah. the universe knows that yeah, I'm focused on it and it's rewarding me. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that whenever I um, put in a large order with one of my, my many lovely local suppliers, I think, oh, that's going to hit my bank account. But it, it, I don't know why I worry about that because if exactly what you said, because all of a sudden like an order for that will come in, I'll think, oh, thank goodness I bought extra. Yes, yeah. yeah. Mm. We're scared of cash flow. I'm still getting used to it, yeah, mm. being scared of, of cash flow and investing in mm. things. But you got to do it to, to scale. Um, so that's for definitely sure. something I'm mm. still getting used to. Mm. 
What is your favourite thing about your current job? I like, oh, this is a silly thing, but I love just being able to take my holidays when I want. Yes. Uh, it's not, I'm not. It's an obvious one, but yeah. it's still, you know, an oldie bit of goodie. <laughs> I don't have to submit my leave application and yeah. it depend on who else wants to take leave at the same time. Yes. Yeah. If it's my birthday, I can take a day off if I want. Yeah. Um, I can work as hard or as easy, whatever the opposite of working. <laughs> Not hard. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite of hard. <laughs> I can do as much as I want and I do everything on my own terms. And I like the fact that everything I create is something of... of of my taste and what I am proud of. Yes. It's not a tacky gerbra in a bright purple box with a you know, <laughs> paper ribbon. It's not that. So I, I've never had to. I mean, some people might say, "Well, I haven't done my dues in a in a you know crappy little flower kiosk somewhere." Oh, who they cares? Do I'm sick of hearing that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but everything I make, I I I love, and it's and I get to choose everything based obviously on what the customer wants as well. But it's all beautiful. So I like that I've got that creative freedom to do that and not be stuck into some interflora, um, you know, boxed situation Yeah, that I just can't stand. Yeah. Occasionally people will take the time, and it still blows my mind, to send me an email. Like they will have received something and my business card's there and so they'll send me an email. Sometimes they'll call. If it's an older person, they'll ring me yeah. up and say, oh, I had these flowers delivered and they were just the most beautiful things I've ever had and thank you so much. And, and you think, oh... That's that's nice. People don't realise how <laughs> much that affects people like I mean yeah. they do realise it, it, it really does make mm. your day. I mean, even when I see my reviews come through yeah. online reviews and I realise that it's not a friend or family member that's and I go, so Oh my god. Funny. I know. <laughs> yes. I know when I when I first started, pretty much all my orders that came through were from friends or family members. Yeah. And then one day I got an order through, um, and it was a name I didn't because I'd see the name and then I'd go to Facebook and I'd search that name. Yeah. <laughs> Like, how do I know this person? <laughs> who, who, how did this person find me? And, and I yeah, inevitably find, oh, yeah, they're a friend of a friend of a friend. And, you know, someone's put – but this one day, and I, I should have – I don't remember who it was, actually, but <laughs> I should. But it just – yeah, nobody. They yeah. weren't related in any way to anyone. I went, oh, my God. And is that how you built your customer base? I um, I did a thing when I launched, when I started, and I threw a launch party at home. And I and I did it the week, the Friday, Friday before or the week before Mother's Day. So I invited all my friends and family over and I just plied them all with alcohol. <laughs> and I had the website up and running and I had it sitting there and I said, all right, you all need to order flowers for your mothers for Mother's Day and um, put your order in now online. And if you do it tonight, then you get 20% off. And they're like, okay, good, whatever, Kelly, we'll, we'll do it because, you know, you're my sister. All. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I got started. But then, so that was the first thing I did and that sort of went out. to. So I started, I pretty much launched on Mother's Day. Yeah. And in 2017, so I'm coming up to five mm. years. And then I went, right, I need to just become well-known so in in my local area so there was a shop on Glenferry Road in Hawthorne which isn't there anymore it's a little emporium um so makers of all kinds came in and sold their wares there on a consignment sort of basis so I went in and I said okay do you reckon I could sell a few little posy jars here some flowers and she's like I don't know let's give it a go so I did it not as a money-making exercise but as a um 
as an advertising yes. type thing. So yeah, I just, just exposure. Yeah, so twice a week I'd bring in little posy jars full of fresh flowers, my, you know, my stickers, the branding all over it. Mm. And so I did that. I did a couple of local markets. So And I just did as much as I possibly could within my local area. Yeah. And then out, people talk. Yeah, that's right. And it did take, I would say, two years of, of constant, and yeah, it was constant, yeah, just always working at it, yeah, exposure, exposure, exposure. Um, and then uh, one day I realised, oh, I, like it never stops. I thought, oh, I think it worked. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, <laughs> it's nice to come to that yeah, realisation. Yeah. And I'm at the point now where I can turn work away, whereas I never, I would say yes to absolutely everything, yep. whereas now I just, you know, oh, I don't know, don't think I can fit that in, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah and I, yeah, I have that same mm. um, kind of headspace and mm. I encourage, like, a lot of my friends to do it as well when they do go out on their own, mm. you know, they go, oh, I'm so busy and, like, it, mm. it, it's so bad and it's kind of like, but how nice is it mm. to say no mm. to something you don't want to do mm-hmm. and someone you don't want to collaborate I with? Know. It's just like to have, <laughs> like, that is definitely success to me. That's <laughs> like, you know, the beginnings yeah. of knowing mm. that it has worked yes. is yeah. when you can say yep. no to people. Mm. Yeah. And that really keeps you on track and helps you stick to your, your vision. Yeah, for sure. So that's, yeah, it, it was a lot of hard work. And I think if anybody had relied on me for an income in that first two years, that wouldn't have been so great because, yep. yeah, it was hard to, to turn a profit. And, and even once I did start to turn a profit, it, was, it, it wasn't enough to pay any bills. Mm. Or, you know, it just, it was and that's a, important to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, it, it, yeah, I couldn't have started it and worked a full-time job as well. So yeah. I was just fortunate that, you know, we had reached a, a stage in our lives where we could go without my income for a little while. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. and that's important to know mm. and very honest. Mm. So I guess just switching gears a little bit, what have you found to be the biggest challenges of mm-hmm. running Pedal Provador and, is, like, what is something that you least enjoy and do you miss anything about your old job? Yeah. I the the biggest challenge is deliveries, one hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, and I do have a couple of uh, lovely local courier companies, mm-hmm. as you said before. Uh, one of them, uh, the Traxi, restarted her business during the first lockdown, and she was the first courier that I ever trusted to deliver my flowers yeah. for me. And she did such a good job that I went, oh maybe I can use her again. And so, yeah, that that's been good. And she's great, but she's so good. She's so good and her team is so amazing that they're always booked out. So you need yeah. to get in to book a delivery with, with the Traxi. I need to be two days in advance. And as I said before, a lot of my orders come in that morning. Like mm. I have an 11 a.m. cut off and sometimes, like today, I got an order, an order in at 11.30 and for the same day, I'm like, can't you, can't, did you not read? <laughs> <laughs> but if I can do it, I will. You just so, say, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it's, so I can't obviously book that service two days in advance mm. and, and a few of the good ones are like that and then the bigger ones are just unreliable I mean on Friday last week I had something to be delivered to Hampton and at 4.30 I got a call from the courier company and I knew they hadn't turned up and I'd already made other arrangements but yeah oh, yeah, we can't do it and so couriers are really hard yeah. oh it's so hard and it's not like just sticking I mean Australia Post can be bad enough but I can't just stick it 
bouquet. Well, yeah, the, I mean, I can't imagine box. how it is for mm. you because I know you're kind of one of the florists mm. that, you know, it comes to your door so well presented. You have mm. everything already kind of presented in the box and sticking out. Like the box isn't, <laughs> the box is open with the flowers and the gin yeah. and everything out. Yeah. And I find it hard enough to stick a bottle of gin in a in a post box and <laughs> like, you know, get it picked up by a courier. So I can't imagine the, the stress of having, mm. you know, something so beautifully presented and trusting someone else yes, with your yeah. your art. <laughs> yes, I know. So I yeah, and then and but then some days it's just like I'll just do it myself. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, I do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's close by, I just think it will be quicker and easier for me to just jump in the car and do this myself, and the customer will get it sooner, and everyone will be happy. Yep. But then that's you know, especially petrol. I mean, the cost of it's outrageous. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's my time on the road, and it's it's all of that. So that is one hundred percent the yeah. hardest thing, and it's it's an issue. I've yet to overcome satisfactorily. Yeah, yeah. That there, that's interesting because mm. I also have things like that in my business where it's just like, oh, I'll just do it myself, but mm. that's not sustainable or no. scalable. No, so it, no. it often can be hard. Mm. You know, as we always say, you know, if you want something done right, you do it yourself. Yes. But that's but not a scalable option for no. for a business. Mm. And as women, I think we we just do that yep. anyway with everything. You know, yeah. just give it to me, just I'll do me. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's definitely a challenge for a lot of women mm. in business is giving up not so much control but trust of something that mm. you've worked so hard on and yep. finding someone who cares as much as you. That's right. When you not yet you know you can't always afford a full time employee. That's um, right. See, I couldn't hard. put somebody on to just deliver for me because some days, I mean, and you know, this might surprise some people, but there's some days where I don't have anything, any deliveries at all. I've got yeah, work yeah. to do, but there's nothing that's been ordered for that day. So I, I can't have a driver of my own yeah. who I just paid for a day of doing nothing. Yeah. So, you know, and I and I don't know which days they're going to be. It's such an unpredictable yeah. thing. I mean, anyway, some days there's 30 orders and some days there's zero. So, um and that used to frighten me if I had, oh, my goodness, I haven't had a, an order in today, whereas now I just go, that's okay. Um, that, that just means I can breathe today and I can do this, 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 do and this, things, and this, ready yeah. for the orders that are already there for tomorrow or or that are for next week or whatever. There's always something to be done. Yeah. So, yeah I, yeah, I never panic anymore if I have a day where nothing needs to be delivered that particular day. Yeah, mm. I think that that's great and mm. I, I probably need to do the same thing. <laughs> Reflecting on on everything that that you've done and everything that you've learned, I I love asking people what their like little secret dream is. Obviously, mm-hmm. for all those years, you had the kind of secret dream of mm-hmm. starting a florist, and I often will ask people now because I know that everyone has an answer, and it really interests me. I'll ask you know clients and friends like, if you could be doing anything else, like what would you do? And everyone has, and they always have a really interesting answer that is usually something that has nothing to do with what they currently do yeah. now like you know I asked a a client in events the other day you know what what would you do and she's like oh um I've had this idea for a children's book for so long <laughs> but like oh I would never do it and I was like why like <laughs> it's so right like I would never have known that about her but yeah. it's a little dream of hers what advice would you give to women who aren't exactly loving their current careers or do have a secret dream that they want to take the plunge into, I guess you can definitely shed more light on this than I because I was lucky enough to kind of delve into into my dream quite quickly, but yeah. you're definitely someone who held on to that and, and finally um finally took the plunge. 
I think the only advice I could give is... Some people say, look, just go ahead and do it, but it's not that easy, is it? Mm. So you do... There's a lot of things you do have to consider. But, yeah, so... So not just do it, but do it as soon as you possibly can. And... But do your homework. Know, yep. know what you're getting into. Don't just um, go in blind. Ask people. And that's that to me, the the best research I did was going to other florists and asking mm. them, how do you find it? What are you doing? They're, they're more than happy to be brutally honest. And, and the, the biggest thing that I was told was that, you know, don't think you're just playing with flowers all day. You know, it's more than just, it's more <laughs> than just putting flowers in a vase, which of course it is. It's really hard work. You're on your feet all day, every day. Mm. My hands are just ruined. I mean, look at that. These hands are clean. Look at how green that is. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, yeah, just just do your homework, understand and know what you're getting yourself into so that yeah. you won't be disappointed. Um, and just... <sighs> Just tr- just don't stop. Don't stop trying. Just keep on going and keep on going. And you will stuff up. You will make mistakes yes. along the way. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can't keep doing it. It just means that you you learn from that. You don't do that again. Yeah. Um. You know, I made I've made lots of mistakes, especially in the first few years. I yeah. was too cheap. Um. I I yeah. I said yes to too many things. I probably compromised myself. You know, one time too many, twenty times too many. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, if, if you make a mistake, just pick yourself up, keep on going, learn from it and move on, but just do it when you can. When yeah. It, yeah. Looking back, I know you said you had no regrets in working your previous job and your mm. previous career, but what would you tell your younger self if you could speak to her now and go back in time just about career and work and business advice? I think I would tell her that not don't, don't stress you won't be doing this forever. You know, you don't have to. That, I think when I realised I had choices. Options, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was a big deal. And it's funny because one of my main things working in the industry that I did was um, was all about supporting my clients' choices. So everything was, we were very choice-focused. Like what is your, what, what you know, from little things down to what, what you want to eat today to, to where you want to live to all those yeah. things which we take for granted every day. Yeah. That, was, that was what I did as a job was making sure people's choices were um, were respected. And <laughs> to realise that I could actually have choices of my own was yeah. amazing. It's like, well, I don't actually have to do this so um, anymore. You, yeah, you, It's okay to say I'm done with this now and you don't have to feel guilty. Yeah. Um, so that is – because I did deal with a lot of guilt. I felt – I did feel like I was abandoned yeah. people who needed me. Yeah. But then, you know – somebody else comes along right after me so yeah exactly. it's important to put yourself first sometimes yeah so that I'm glad that I did and um, my girls I've got three daughters and they were all teenagers at the time when I left and started this and they all have told me that it was very inspirational yeah. to see me do what I did um, and not yeah, I mean, because they witnessed me obviously crying every day yeah. and, you know, knowing that mum wasn't happy was not great for young kids. But, mm. yeah, they just they saw me turn it around. So, yeah, I think that I set that example for them that, you know, you don't have to put up with stuff that you're not happy with and you can actually do anything. That's mm. a really amazing answer. And we're about to wrap up, but I thought I'd like to do a quick little little manifest. I don't know how oh, big yes. you are into manifesting, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> if um, if we were to get you back on this podcast in a year's time, what would you love to have done and achieved and what will you be talking to us about in a year's time? Oh, I do have something. So before I, I went ahead and got this 
studio, I was I had another idea in mind. So I do hope that I'll be back next year to mm. tell you all about it. But uh, with my same business, but I want to. My dream has always been to have a a a, a mobile flower. Oh. Business, so I wanted to get a combi van, a combi van, and take it round to markets and places, and, yes. and yeah, and sell flowers from my combi. But that's not as easy as it sounds. It's very difficult to get a combi, and I have no interest in um <laughs> in, <laughs> in fixing it myself. So I need to pay top dollar to have it already pristine. Yes. So that is something I'm saving for on the side. Um, but my other thing in the interim is I, I would like to make a flower cart. So yeah. a mobile flower cart that can be rented out, hired out for events and whatever that looks beautiful. People can, you know, take it. You know, you've seen the um, like lolly... You know, yes, candy carts yes. and fairy floss stands and all those things. I want one like that, but with fresh flowers that oh. people can yeah hire for a party, hire for an event, or I can turn up to the local market or school fete or whatever, and, and yes. people can come and buy you know beautiful fresh market bunches. So something that folds down, I can whip it in the back of my van, and, you know, then yeah put it in place and set up. And there. Oh my so god! Well, if you find one, let me know because yeah. I would love to do a similar <laughs> thing with June making our flowers in June. Yeah, but no, that yeah. that would so be amazing. So that's what I want to do. So once I get settled. I will go back to the drawing board and I'm finding somebody who can create that for me and then I will just get that started. But that's my next little thing because, as I said, I'm a little bit older than you and I need to do things where I'm working smarter, not harder, so I can't just always be on the tools all day, every day. Yeah, Yeah, I need to to continue to do what I love um, but in in smarter ways that isn't so taxing on the body. Smarter, not harder is, you know, something that I'm coming to terms with and I, I don't think you need to feel guilty about that you know mm. even at my age I want to work smarter <laughs> not harder you know yep. you where as a society especially as like working women and women trying to you know hustle culture and mm. stuff like that mm. you know you almost feel embarrassed or guilty to say you know that you're working smarter not harder that you mm. you know have taken a day off or yep. you know are taking time to yourself but at the end of the day that's the goal mm. for all of us, I mm. think, and I think there's no shame in it. So yeah, I, yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much. This has been really, really interesting and really <laughs> inspirational <laughs> for me, and I hope for everyone listening. Um, so yeah, you can find Kelly at the Pedal Provador. Um, I'll link everything in the episode notes below, and hopefully we will speak to you next year, and you'll have done all of that. Yeah, and I can. Yeah, tell you all about how the studio's going and how you can come and take part in my flower cup. Yeah. yeah. Who knows where we'll be. All I right. know. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers. It was cheers. amazing spilling the Thanks, G&T Ellen. with Thanks you. With the gin. <laughs> no this episode of Spill the GNT is brought to you by Baby Pink Gin, Australia's award-winning premium pink gin. We like to keep our baby girls hydrated, so use the code SPILL10 to get 10% off all orders at babypinkgin.com. Find new episodes of the podcast every second Wednesday at midday. Make sure to hit the follow button or subscribe wherever you're listening. And last but not least, stay up to date by following at Spill the GNT Podcast on Instagram or visit at babypinkgin on all social platforms. See you next time, baby. Baby Pink Gin does not condone the act of binge drinking or excessive alcohol consumption. Baby Pink Gin should never be consumed by anybody under the legal age of drinking. 
Remember to always drink wise and sip, don't scull. For more information on safe drinking practices, visit drinkwise.com.au.